You're listening to the Steve Fund Speak On It podcast. The Steve Fund is one of the leading nonprofit organizations in the United States that promotes the emotional well-being and mental health of students of color. The goal of this podcast is to create a space for students and professionals alike to come together to discuss a plethora of topics relating to mental health and the challenges that Black, Indigenous, and people of color may face during their academic and professional careers. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by our hosts and guest panelists on the show are their own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the Steve Fund. It is important to note that the information shared on this podcast cannot and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with a health or mental health care professional. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to a health or mental health provider or the Steve Fund Crisis text line, which you can access by texting Steve to 741-741. Thank you and enjoy. and welcome back to another episode of Speak On It. Today, I am joined by Mariana Fernandez, a Peloton Tread Yoga and Meditation Instructor with over 12 years of teaching experience. Mariana, thank you for joining us on the show today. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, especially on this month, and to be able to talk all things mental health awareness and meditation with you. The Stephen's theme for Mental Health Awareness Month this year is Restoring Hope and Building Resilience. Personally, I have found that meditation opens my mind to a broader range of possibilities, setting me up for a more hopeful perspective. Um, I'm so excited that you're here, Mariana, and I'm curious to hear about how meditation works in your life and in the lives of your students. Um, To get us warmed up, we can start with our favorite icebreaker, Rosebud and Thorn. So just as a reminder, a rose is something good that has happened this week, a bud is something that you're hopeful for, and a thorn is something... That was like an inconvenience or it like bothered you. Rosebud and thorn, a rose is something beautiful. A thorn is a pain and a bud is something you're looking forward to. I'll start with a thorn first to kind of get it out of the way. Um, A thorn recently, which is very apropos to this theme, is my allergies. It's allergy season. And even though I love everything, watching everything in bloom, it's kind of those subtle little discomforts almost like when I wake up or physically feeling a little off and I know that it's temporary so it'll pass but it's definitely been just kind of like an inconvenience on the daily uh, to keep sneezing and blowing my nose Um, but something that I am hopeful for is that because the season is changing and the sun is finally coming out here in New York City um the ability to go outside and train and run and do these activities. Uh, I signed up for a bunch of summer races that I'm really looking forward to. So that's my bud and my rose, something good that happened this week, again, all in the line of sports and seasonality. I was just at launch on the tread here at Peloton. So now I get to share two of my passions, which is, running, as well as yoga and meditation. What about you? That's awesome. Um, Same, like spring in New York City, it's like kind of like this idyllic part of the year. Like, I don't know, I feel like people like visit a lot. Like my mom's good friend, I call her Auntie Alexa. She was visiting this past week and like we all went and got dinner. And then, um, yeah, so that was probably my rose. I'll do the thorn next. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say... 
the thorn maybe has been like staying up a bit late um but i've been like getting my my sleep routine back together um but i just like stay up really late sometimes and which is fun but then also like hard the next day um and then i will say a bud something that i'm looking forward to is is this talk this conversation so the first question i had on the list like um, we know that you've been like teaching yoga for like 12 years and meditation for about three. And I was just wondering, like, how did you find slash begin practicing meditation? Because I know you come from like a very athletic background. You've been like running like for a long time. Um, and like, how did you kind of stumble upon meditation after having all those tools that are like known to be good for mental health, like running, like all the benefits I feel like are always getting a lot of praise. But like, how did you find meditation, which is kind of different, but also similar? Right. I I remember during my teacher training, they we would have to wake up uh, quite early and do an hour of meditation. And that was probably for me one of the hardest parts of teacher training, because as someone I, I self-professedly say, I have ants in my pants, like I'm always on the go, <laughs> I have very erratic energy all the time. I really struggled with it. And so even after that, even after I became a practitioner and a teacher, a yoga instructor, it was very hard for me to physically sit and meditate, which I know is a struggle for many folks who are starting their meditation journey. And then it's quite interesting because there's no right or wrong way to do it. So I found that the first time that I did meditate was while I was running or that I, I was close to that kind of meditative state because running in its own way is a moving meditation where you're able to clear the mind, where you're able to stay present. So there were elements of that, that I found that were happening even while I was moving. And that also happened on the mat where you're able to just quiet the chatter that's going on constantly in the mind and your mind's eye. And so allowing myself to say and to believe like, all right, there's elements of it and other things that I do. Let me come back and sit and just give it a shot. One minute, two minutes, and then making it every day. And just like everything, some days it's easier than others. Some days I can sit and find that stillness and that quiet and stay there for 30 minutes. Other days, five minutes is where I land. So giving yourself a lot of grace and compassion is essential for this. And then once I found how it served me and how it helped me in different ways than the physical activity did, I went ahead and got my uh, certification. I took different modes, methods of meditations, guided meditations um, from different teachers as well. And then really started incorporating that not only into my daily routine, but into something that I eventually wanted to teach. I feel like you answered a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> that was a lot, but... You talked about having grace and compassion for yourself. And, and that was something I was definitely curious about when it comes to like students or people with like busy schedules, like incorporating meditation into their daily routines. It sounds like meditation can definitely look different ways. Like sometimes it's 30 minutes, sometimes it's five minutes. Mm. What's your favorite type of meditation to do? Because um, it seems like right now there are so many options I know Peloton has a lot of meditation videos. You can also like meditate with tools like singing bowls or like on your own with like timers. I have a preference and I think it was because it was the first time that meditation was ex 
I think exposed to me as meditation, I, this very vivid memory of being in high school and we would have a Monday reunion with the whole school and they would bring in different speakers. And there was this one man who came in, he's like, this is what meditation is. And we were in, you know, a high school gym all sitting on, and he asked us to close our eyes and sit still. And especially when you're an adolescent, like that, the idea of that feels extremely foreign because um, you're, <laughs> yeah. but I, I found in how he said it and the way he said it and the soothing nature of his voice and the imagery, the visualization he provided, it was something so vivid and so palpable in that moment. So as I've years later come back to explore different types of meditation, those guided ones using imagery, using different in your mind's eye, like someone taking you through that journey is so helpful for me, especially because I notice that my mind will wander or I'll go back to my to-do list. I'll go. So having someone to listen to and take me through these steps are the ones that really help me the most. That's awesome to hear. I, I feel that too. Like it, this is really funny because I I did a yoga teacher training in Costa Rica about two years ago. And there was one day where we had this exercise where it was like, we're going to take turns leading each other in meditations. We also learned how to give each other like time massages and then yeah. like guide each other. <laughs> we learned a lot of things on that retreat, like lots of useful life skills. <laughs> but we had one day where we were just like partnered off and like took turns guiding each other in like a meditation that we would kind of just make up on the spot. And I remember like, doing this one about sunflowers and then my partner we were going around at the end of the well this is not to brag but this is just like a, an experience I had I guess but we were going around at the end of that activity and my partner shared like Danny's meditation like I enjoyed that so much like she should take everyone through that like right now and I was like okay um and I like did and they liked it and they were like the only thing is we would just want you to speak up a little bit more because you have a very quiet voice um but like I enjoyed it. And and I feel like I do enjoy it whenever I do like guide people through meditations. And I have a document with like a bunch of meditations I've kind of just jotted down because I was like, if I were ever to guide or record these meditations, it would be like these. So like, that's like really encouraging and inspiring to hear because like I have like people I like follow, like, like therapists and um, people that I follow and I just do their guided meditations. And it's just so nice to be taken on that journey. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, I, I feel the same way. And I guess that's like kind of like a turning point, I guess, for me. Well, I don't know if a turning point, but it's just like, how did you know you were like ready to start teaching it and sharing it and taking other people on those journeys? Like after like enjoying it and benefiting um, from it, like when did you know you were like ready to start like guiding others and, and sharing your gift in that way? Yeah, you. And just to your point, like I love that you said that, that you found that and that you know, it resonated with someone else because it can be the words that you use, or I'm, I'm listening to you speak right now and you have this lovely soothing tone of voice as well. So like all Thank of that you. works in your favor, depending, especially if you really enjoy it and love to do it. And I, I find I've done few uh, on Peloton that are in English, um, but mostly in Spanish. And to that point, there's something about being able to talk and use the vocabulary and tone of my native tongue that has made it, that made me want to share and participate more because 
I had led just a couple of meditations in English, but I was still kind of finding my way. I was very green in it. And then I felt like once I did my teacher training in Spanish with a yoga studio that I had worked at uh, in years past and to then be able to speak and use these techniques in Spanish. And just like you spoke about, like your partner work, once they launch, like you don't know how they're going to land. So it was like, I hope people like these, you know, and I, I'm still a work in progress in them. And to hear from members that were maybe raised with the Spanish language or it was their native tongue or they're just learning Spanish to see how these meditations land, the words, the cadence, the rhythm and specificity of the language. Um, uh, I will do my own <laughs> little brag here, but I, I remember uh, a member said, you know, just listening to that sound and that guidance as I close my eyes felt like I was a kid and that warm blanket being put over me, like as I was falling asleep. And it was one of the best compliments because it just takes you back. It puts you in a place of ease and at peace in a place of comfort. And then that was really a point where I was like, oh, I want to keep doing these. And especially in Spanish, um, because we know it's one of the fastest growing languages here because I have it. Like That's the language that I speak to my family in. So there's, I believe that my voice sits in a place of much more comfort in that language as I'm able to guide these meditations. One of the other things I was curious about was like your philosophy around teaching meditation. And it sounds like, well, what I'm hearing is um, like if you're adding like a sense of comfort to that person's experience, then it, it's probably pretty successful. And that feedback was like amazing because that's how I feel like I know I found a good meditation when it makes me feel that way. Um, and not that, not like that I'm just like holding myself in this really stiff and still position. Because <laughs> like, when I do, when I'm doing that, I don't know, it might not be the person's fault, but it might just be, um, it's hard for me to get into a meditative state that day. But I've definitely had like both experiences. And I, I often hear people say, oh, meditation's just not for me. Like I just have to move. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess, I don't know. I think sometimes you have to be a little, like, like you were saying, like start with five minutes. If you can get there, then you can eventually get, further along with it I think you just got to keep going and the other thing is my I definitely have a lot of chatter like whenever mm -hmm. I do meditations I have a lot of chatter and by the end I'm like wow I just thought about like my entire to-do list for the day <laughs> but yeah I feel a bit calmer so I guess there's like some hope in that because it's like okay with all that mind chatter I still felt like I benefited I still feel calmer so like imagine like if I keep practicing and my mind becomes stiller and stiller and begins to mirror my body like like that's just going to be even better. That's kind of how I see it. So like kind of as a tip for all like my fellow novices out there, like um, yeah. eventually your mind will kind of like catch up to your body and um, it'll all just be still. I don't know. That's what I hope <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, and you're exactly right. I think in that philosophy is going back to the point we spoke to just a lot of grace for yourself. Uh, because and it it feels similar to how sometimes it's like oh I teach yoga they're like oh that's not for me. I can't like I'm not flexible like that is the go to or most uh, heard answer I've found and sure like 
it's hard just like learning to ride a bike as an adult is hard like there's a lot of grace and steps that you have to take and especially with something like the yoga practice or with meditation there's no right or wrong way to start so if it means that you're sitting on your couch or you're laying down because we have this idea that you're on this meditation cushion and you have a mudra with your hands and you're yeah <laughs> have a sense of enlightenment and it has to happen like that right away and you know it rarely does yeah so even if you attempt it just lying down and whatever comfortable place you're in if that for you is reclining up against a wall in a chair cross-legged legs extend I mean there's like no right or wrong and it we have to break away from this idea that it has to look or feel a certain way because that right away negates like what a meditation is you're already imposing judgment or expectation and ultimately I say that the goal is to gift yourself two, five, 30 minutes just for you. And if in those five minutes, you were able to just focus on your breath for a few of those moments, if you were able to find a sense of stillness for just a few of those moments, if you were able to let go of anything surrounding you, of that mind noise for just a few moments, you're well on your way. I definitely notice moments like that where I feel like my mind drops out of thinking and I'm like, whoa, like I wasn't thinking. It feels good. And, and it's, it's such like... a weird thing because like, oh, I wasn't thinking, but now I'm thinking. Can right I go back? I'm thinking. thinking like... <laughs> yeah, it's like you go back and forth and it's like when you were saying you had to wake up really early in the morning and meditate for an hour. I remember we had to do something similar at the yoga teacher training I did. It was kind of like a crash course for three weeks. And I think we probably had to meditate for 30 minutes. Um, I remember that was maybe like the least, my least favorite meditations that I've ever done because it was, I, I felt like I was struggling. I don't know. Like, I think there was not a lot of guidance. It was kind of like the teacher who was like awesome. Like, I love her, but she would like start off with some guidance and it'd be like, okay. And then she would just like stop talking for like the rest of the time. And then I'd, my mind would just go everywhere. Um, so that can be hard. Um, so yeah, that's I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think was... that's probably a pretty common experience. <laughs> And that's why you start to find like, it doesn't have to be at the same time every day. And if the same time works for you, like, perfect. If you prefer to switch it up a little bit and do one in the middle of the day, if you prefer to do it as you close your day, like, right. I, I do remember struggling in the same way. It was just like, this is so hard. And it's every day, you know, for 30 days straight. And uh, this one fellow student who came on the teacher training with me, Larry, I remember like 50% of the time I'd hear Larry snoring in the background, like he would just fall asleep during them. So I mean, he's snoring again. Um, and he spoke, we spoke after he's like, this is really hard for me. But then you'd see him, I would notice at the end of the day, he'd, we'd wrap up after dinner and he'd go take a seat, like just looking out over the trees. And he found a spot and a time that he could just get to that stillness. And then in the morning, it was just kind of his nap time. So Again, it's not one size fits all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I relate to that because I find that I like to meditate after a workout. Like when I first wake up, I feel like my mind's a bit too busy. And I was actually talking with my aunt about this a while ago. She got really into meditation and she'd like go to an actual like studio or center. I believe it was like a Buddhist center. Mm -hmm. And she was like, they say you should meditate right when you wake up and right before you go to sleep. And I've definitely tried that. And um, And she was like, 
but I feel like my mind's too busy in the morning. Like I'm not quite ready um, mm-hmm. to do that right away first thing in the morning. So I doesn't have to be pressured to do it a certain way. Um, I was starting to read this book recently, The Presence Process by Michael Brown, and he kind of makes it like you have to do it for 15 minutes twice a day, preferably right after you wake up and right before you go to sleep. And I kind of just like did that for like the first three weeks or so. And then I kind of fell off and I would like find my own guided meditations. And also there are like these Reiki healers on TikTok that are just like fabulous. Like I'll just put one of those on and I'll just sit there with like a blanket over myself and just like listen and meditate. And I I just like found things that worked for me and, and that I like that were just soothing. And it just felt like I don't have to do anything, but just be, um, and I did a meditation with my brother the other day. I think it was guided by Tara Brock. And mm. at the end, he was like, I, he was talking about like a certain emptiness he felt like not emptiness in like a negative way, but just kind of like a, like there was just space, like just mm-hmm. more space. Um, and he's also like, I also know when it was a good meditation, because when I opened my eyes, everything's just like brighter. Mm. Um, and I, I have the same experience. Like I open my eyes and everything's more vivid, like immediately after the meditation. That's like a pretty good feeling too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you find yourself in those moments uh, right now that you were describing that, I even think of for those that are struggling and how to get to, if you are, let's say a yoga practitioner, those last moments that you have in your Shavasana, which is that final corpse pose. And it's not, it's meant to be, as a way to receive everything that you just did. And I found again, just like when I did with running, like in those moments, right after a workout, a yoga practice that you're open and there's this like, emptiness not in a negative way but like a release of yeah pe- emptiness because also if you say emptiness in our society it's like emptiness like what yeah, do you mean like, like hollow there. no it's like <laughs> a release of the of the heaviness of the weight of the world that you feel like you're carrying sometimes um and the lightness I think that that's what it translates to because once you like come up and come back to your seat you're just like ah. well hopefully that's the the goal that you just feel a little lighter and meditation is depending also like what, because at Peloton, we have different ones, whether it's for your sleep or a loving kindness meditation, or even sometimes uh, meditation for healing when you're having a hard time and something's sitting heavy, like how do you move through that and allow your breath, giving yourself the opportunity, like a little mindfulness to help you heal from whatever's stuck in there. So, you know, you can definitely find the good in the emptiness. Yeah. And like, that's, and, and I'm not an expert at all, but to to speak a little bit more about the emptiness, like, I, I just feel like when the thoughts kind of drop out, then you realize that you're still there. There's still a sense of self underneath that. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, cause it's almost just like, there's that saying, I forget which philosopher said this, but I think therefore I am. Mm-hmm. But I feel like yoga argues that like I am, therefore I think like it's the other way around. It's like, I don't actually have to be thinking to be here. The emptiness can be a good thing. Like coming back to it, like a place to restore and recharge, which brings me to my next question. Okay, great. (laughs) My next question is, um, how do you like recharge and renew and restore like yourself after teaching and like giving so much of yourself each day? Cause I know it's like, they're your passions and like, they're like innately like energizing for you, but I'm sure that it kind of like takes a toll. Cause you also have to guide people and like motivate people. Like 
what do you do for yourself, I guess, at the end of every day or every so often to just like recharge for yourself? If that looks different from just doing like one of your own guided meditations. Um, well, I, I won't do my meditation because then I'll pull it apart in my mind. Like I'll, I'll be like, oh, like you should have said. So I, I always like to take someone else's, but whether it's at Peloton or when I was teaching before, it's this kind of reciprocation of energy from students from beyond the camera as an instructor so after you're done you feel pretty emotionally drained or that it's been a lot it's not um and you've reached a certain level of emptiness (laughs) right well and it's just like and it's something that I love so it's happily given it's not a bad range but it's it's a lot of giving so taking a moment to come home for me that's when it most helps like to sit and just take a moment and whether it's putting on a guided meditation for 10 minutes before I get to my homework, before I start to dinner, like whatever it is, I give myself quiet. And if it's a guided meditation, I'll put that on, but at least 10 minutes where I can check in. Like, do you feel tired? Do you feel uplifted? Do you feel like you need something at this point beyond food or to do work, like to do a full check-in, like, do you need to talk to your sister? Do you need to like, it's the, like, how are you? And really asking myself. And then despite like the other tasks that have to happen, prioritizing what I need next for me. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like during those transitions, like you kind of seize those as moments to like check in with yourself. Like when you first get home, like you don't immediately dive into the next thing, like you pause. And then yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's taking that pause and seeing. And because there's so many times that I'll, I've come home from work and it's, you know, I think I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get home and like change and I'll get like a three mile run in so I can. And sometimes it's exactly, I see, I was like, yeah, that's really going to help me right now. And like, I need that kind of boost. And then this happened yesterday. I came back and I was like, you know, I need to clean my surroundings. Like my apartment was kind of a hurricane post last week. It's like, you need to take time and like nest a little bit. So the workout will be there tomorrow. You'll get it in. But at this moment, like take care of your home. And I didn't realize it until I sat and I was just like, okay, this is next on next for me. That's going to make me feel just a little more calm. Yeah. I I think that'll be really useful to hear from people with busy schedules because like not every day has to look the same. Like you don't have to have a rigid meditation schedule. Like I guess in the spirit of meditation and in the spirit of mindfulness and checking in with yourself, like it might look a bit different each day. So that's like really encouraging to hear. Um, Because I feel like I I do that too. I don't like to do the same thing every day. And this is just like, I feel like, I don't know if this is like me as like a creative person or just a person, but I don't like to do the same thing every day. I don't know. (laughs) I like to switch it up or like go with the flow. And and like, it was cool to hear about how your friend at the retreat, like he found his own meditation, like after the class had theirs and like that individuality coming into it. Because it's like for you and what you were saying, it's like when you take time, for yourself it's like a generous act of self-love it's like a gift to yourself like that if it's a gift then it can pretty much look however you want it to look because it's it's time for you so I think that's a really important reminder for people 
And I was talking to the Stefan last week about this too. It's the allowing yourself because depending on your role at your work or within your family, like you often end up giving up a lot, time, energy, and to not be scared to do something or, you know, advocate for yourself in certain things. Even um, <laughs> a couple of days ago, but my partner was coming home from work. He's like, can I stop by and say hi? And I was like, yes, just give me my 10 minutes. Like it was right on top of when I got home. And I was like, I just want, like, I wasn't scared to ask for that moment of what I needed. And he was so kind. He's like, of course, like, let me know when you're done. I was like, but I'm not going to just rush over something that's important for me in order to like take care of someone else, you know, like to move on because I have to have, I have to give myself just a few moments and allow myself to check in so I can better function for him for whatever is left of the day. Uh, so do not be afraid to ask or have those moments because nobody's, and this was from Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey McEachern. He's a, a German instructor who's one of my dear friends. He called me one morning and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, working. He's like, take a break. And I was like, what? He's like, don't forget to take a break. He's like, nobody's going to tell you to take a break, but you have to remind yourself, give yourself a moment. And so advocate for yourself, like gift yourself that time and that opportunity for a check-in for your meditation, for a moment of stillness. Yeah. Yeah. That, that um, makes a lot of sense. Like with our theme, restoring hope, building resilience, it's interesting because I guess part of resilience is also advocating for yourself because if you're being resilient against a certain set of circumstances, like when are you going to draw the line? Like what if it just keeps getting more and more trying and you just keep being resilient? Like at the end of the, like at some point you're going to like snap so it's like there's yeah. a certain point where you kind of have to step in and advocate for yourself, I feel. I feel like that's what I'm hearing from you as well. And for your own resiliency, there are moments of recharge and refuel. Like there's, we only have so much bandwidth and charge within our own battery that whether it's sleeping, you know, eating healthy, mindfulness, like taking care physical activity, there's certain components that kind of have to fit together. And truth be told, there's never going to be the perfect balance like of having exactly the right amount of each. They'll fluctuate. But in knowing, you know, that I've taken so much time off from getting my runs in, it's like, I know that has to be a priority because I miss it. I start to get the itch when I don't do it. Like, yeah, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, that has to be. Or I've gone week eating out like, all right, this week. I'm just going to prioritize like making sure that I make some dinner here. Like it'll constantly be shifting, but those are all the factors that fuel your battery. If I haven't been sleeping, reprioritizing sleep. If I've missed on moments that I need to check in on myself, bringing those back in um, because that's going to fuel that resiliency where not just for myself, but how I function for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I think, well, at least in my experience, situations can look a lot differently when I'm not taking care of myself versus when I am like yeah. the same job or the same like class or whatever. It can seem so much harder when I'm like not taking care of myself. Um, and it just kind of like 
yeah, eventually my battery just runs out and I'm at this place where it's like, why am I really not feeling well? And then my mom is like, she reminds me, she's like, what about like eating, sleeping, exercising? Um, and these things, like even just like a quick workout in the morning can just like completely change the course of my entire day. Um, and I feel like meditation is similar because like it can help you like, like when you reemerge from your meditation, it's just kind of like you can see things in a different light. Like it's kind of like, OK, like I'm a lot calmer now. I'm seeing things with a whole different perspective. Um, and that's not to say that like certain circumstances aren't trying or that the problems are just going to disappear. But like you're able to like see them more clearly, I feel like. So I think that's something I wanted to talk about, too, because like just meditation as a tool for restoring hope and building resilience. I feel like we covered so many ways that it does that. But um, and then like you're saying, it's part of like a greater lifestyle thing. It's not just meditation. It's meditation plus all these other things. And I feel like that's like what you teach and like what you do is such a great example of that. They go hand in hand. And I think being able to try to apply them, like we said earlier, some may go by the wayside at some points, you know, and then you come back to them you realize and prioritize what is most meaningful and most helpful for you. And I think giving yourself the time to clear your mind, to have that space at whatever time of day also helps you realize what's important to you. Like where, where are you existing now? Like how is your mind feeling? How's your body feeling? That's the check-in truly. So taking yeah. that to how that's going, you will apply that into the rest of your day, into how, what you want to do for the rest of the week, you know, because in that moment, you don't want to be planning. That's the time that you quiet everything. And so that then you restore and you can go back to the rest of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I was better at this in high school than I am now. <laughs> like I want to take notes because I remember doing this in high school. I remember meditating like after school and before like cross-country practice I remember like taking a few moments to meditate in a bathroom stall and knowing that that was just my time and I wasn't planning or doing anything during that time um and I feel like as I've gotten older like those little self-care practices kind of get squeezed out and they just become less important or they become like times to multitask and it's like no like it was so much simpler before there's more distractions there's more you know the plate gets a lot more full um I feel like once we get older and break away, you know, after being in school. Um, And it doesn't have to be more complicated. I think it's coming back to those things that kept us really at bay. And I think even emotionally, you know, as someone with ants in my pants, who's dealt with a lot of anxiety and high highs and low lows, uh, you know, I I think I, I function in a really warm uplifting way but a lot of that has come from checking in because it doesn't mean that there haven't been moments of a lot of pain or depression or difficult times I don't think I live in a a world of sunshine and rainbows and bunnies and you know bunnies (laughs) it's all like life's complicated but my ability to function in this way, how I do on the daily is because I do those check-ins when there is a lot of pain or grief or heartbreak to really feel those things. And a lot of times those come up in moments of checking in and meditating. 
that I didn't even know I was feeling like some sort of way about something, but letting them be present, like that awareness, openness, feeling them. And then what do we do with that? How do we move forward? As opposed to letting them fester and just sit. Yeah. Them away. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of sit like right beyond like the edge of your consciousness. And it's like, yeah. you, just, you don't even, yeah. Like when you were saying like, what if you didn't even know you were feeling some sort of way? Like, and I was just in my head, I was like, imagine, but I'm sure that that happens all the time. That happens for me all the time. And that's like kind of normal. Cause it's like, I don't know, a metaphor my mom used to use for me all the time was like, put your feelings in your backpack. And now I tell her like, now you need to take times to like unpack the backpack. And she's like, that's the other half of it. Cause it was always like, let's put the feelings in the backpack. Cause I was like a very sensitive kid. I'm still a very yeah. sensitive person. And it was always just like, let's put these feelings in this backpack. And I don't, I, I'm sure there were times when we unpacked it, but it was the, the catchphrase got shortened to backpack, put it in the backpack. So it's like, when do you unpack the backpack? (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of times it isn't easy, you know, with your coworkers or while you're at work. So sometimes like you feel like you have to swallow certain things and like keep moving on, but then like really doing a deep check-in when you like, why did I feel this way? What's coming up? Like, is it triggering something from like having those conversations with yourself in order to see like the root of it and how to move like do I just need to feel this do I need to breathe through it do I need to have a conversation with someone like all those things but sometimes in the moment it's not easy so again like going back to that check-in like these are the times that you really have a dialogue with yourself and where you're at yeah, that, that's so powerful because like meeting yourself where you are and not where you think you could be or where you should be like, that's just so powerful because it's, it's cool because like that's where you are now and like you're nowhere else and, um and I think just being able to honor yourself and where you are is so powerful and I don't know, I feel like I'm in therapy right now because it's, I feel like <laughs> I'm benefiting from this conversation so much like I could just talk about this all day, um but like after um I went through a breakup like towards the end of last year and when you were saying like, do you need to have a conversation right now? It reminded me of like, when I would think of calling him, I would just like call my brother and just like yeah. talk to him. And it became like a practice. And we got so much closer because of that. Yeah. Um, Like my young, I have two younger brothers. The youngest one is the one that I would just like call. And then I was already kind of close with the middle one. Um, And I was like, this is like such a blessing because even like in the wake of loss, like there's something else coming into my life. Like this person I've had a relationship with my entire life, but we're just getting closer again. And that's like such a gift. Um, And yeah, like sometimes you definitely need other people. Like I saw this quote the other day where it was like, we rarely ever like hear it. I think it was Bell Hooks who said this, like we rarely ever heal in isolation. Like we heal as a community. We need teachers in our community. We need people to come out and participate. And I think Peloton like builds this community around like fitness and whole body wellness. Um, And I guess I was just wondering if you had any advice for people who are like seeking a community like that, or they feel like they might want something like that. What would you suggest? One of my favorite parts of being part of this community here and, and what we've built is this kind of open arms, like there is no judgment. You can truly beginner, intermediate, advanced in whichever discipline you are welcome with no judgment and part of us love coming in and feeling and receiving that you know feeling that I say this in class all the time if you're 
riding a wave of a great moment right now and you're flying high, like stay there and share that so that maybe if you're right now at a point where you need a little help or a little boost, that energy will come through and lift you up. Like we're all, we are all part of the same team. And in the similar way that we say like on the mat in class, like no judgment, no expectation, truly like the goal is to just show up as you are, translate that even into how you meet yourself. Because if we can do that for other people easily, like I can welcome you and receive you with open arms and like be a cheerleader, be a guidance, you and we can transfer that energy. I just encourage you that as you go home, as you have a quiet moment, you can do the same for yourself and be your own cheerleader, be your own person that doesn't have expectation, judgment, and let yourself just be. So it works in a very cyclical way. Yeah, that's amazing. I'll be thinking about this for a long time. Thank you so much, Mariana. You're amazing, Danny. Thank Thank you you for having me. Thank you for all the food for thought and your open and honesty and vulnerability too. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. That really means a lot. And and I, I hope that people listening also had a similar experience to us. And uh, thank you for everyone who helped to organize this. And we'll we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.